The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, should the city of Kenosha, Wisconsin, be held responsible for the Kyle Rittenhouse shootings last summer? A lawyer for one of his victims thinks so, and Court TV's Michael Ayala interviewed her to find out why. We have that interview, plus friend of the podcast, Eklund Mercy, joins me to discuss if the police should be held accountable. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan. I'm Vinny Politan. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Now, we cover our system of justice. And in our system of justice, there's a, there's a group of attorneys um, who I think get a bad rap, who I, who I like to defend from time to time. And I'm talking about people that you may refer to as ambulance chasers, plaintiff's attorneys, people that go around and sue people and people always look at them like, oh, you know, what, what are they doing? They're just chasing money. Well, there's a purpose for our civil system of justice, and that's to kind of keep people in check and keep people honest and keep our system honest. If we didn't have these plaintiff's attorneys, these civil attorneys who are out there suing companies and corporations and people who have harmed others, um, there would be no incentive for our products to be safe. There would be no incentive for people to drive safely. I mean, there would be absolute chaos in the world. So I'm thankful for the plaintiff's attorneys who I think unjustly are referred to as ambulance chasers because the work they do is important. I mean, because sometimes people are wrong, but it's not a crime. So you're not going to lock somebody up, but you can sue them and then you can deter them and others from engaging in that type of behavior that harms others. That's the whole purpose of our uh, civil system of justice. So today we're going to talk about a civil case, which is kind of unusual here, but it involves a case that is also in the criminal world. And what I'm talking about is the Kenosha shootings during the riots. You may recall, we've covered this in depth here on the podcast. Kyle Rittenhouse, who was 17 years old at the time, um, shot three people, killed two of them. He is claiming self-defense. Two of the shootings are clearly on video. We see them. Uh, his team has already said self-defense, so there's no real question about whether or not he fired the guns. So now there is a civil attorney who's filing a lawsuit relative to those shootings. And here's the kicker. Right now, the target is not Kyle Rittenhouse, the one who actually fired the weapons. This attorney and, and these families believe there is another entity or entities responsible for what happened. And you've got um, Anthony Huber, who was shot and killed, and Gage Grosskraus, who was uh, shot and injured and survived, but they both are, are suing. But they're not going after Kyle Rittenhouse right now. They might in the future. They're going after the city of Kenosha and the police department. So let's unravel all of this and, and figure out what it's all about. Let's bring in Court TV anchor Michael Ayala, who has spoken with this attorney and has taken what we call at Court TV the deep dive into this lawsuit. Michael, great to see you. Great to be here, man. And I just want to say, Kimberly Motley, no ambulance chaser, bro. She's no, no, the real deal. 
Exactly. And, you know, and I hate that term because people will throw it out there. But what, we, what people don't understand is the work that they do is absolutely important. And whether they're going after someone that got hurt in a car or bus accident or going after a corporation or going after big tobacco, they're the ones that create some sort of checks and balances and some level of safety uh, in our society. All right, Michael, give us the big picture here on what this lawsuit is really all about. All right. Um, well, you know, Kimberly filed a notice of claim. So there is no lawsuit just yet. I want to make that clear. Uh, basically, a notice of claim is a precursor to a lawsuit, which uh, puts the state on notice that a lawsuit could be coming. There's a defined amount of time for you to give them notice. And she had to meet that deadline. So she did. She didn't put a lot of details in. She said because the criminal case is still ongoing and a lot of facts from this case could affect that case. So she held back on some of the details. But I'll give you a quick overview. Essentially, what she's saying is that there was a duty uh, on the part of the police to protect all the citizens who were out there uh, protesting, whether you were a pro-police uh, pro uh, protester or an anti-police protester. And she's terming these this sort of Kenosha guard or this militia that was out there as pro-police protesters. And she's saying that the government officials, uh, both through their policies and through their actions, violated the rights uh, and, and fell short of their duty to protect all their citizens because number one, they disproportionately arrested only those who were anti-police while ignoring those who were pro-police. They informally deputized um, the folks who were there representing the militia and supporting the police, uh, giving them sort of carte blanche to run around and perform activities that they should not have been allowed to perform. And also she's claiming that in fact, they breached it by only arresting, now she did some research and says that they only arrested people who were anti-police protesters. 150 arrests were made, all of them anti-police protesters for violating a curfew uh, that she claims is illegal, uh, that was put in place by the sheriff of the county, who according to Wisconsin law, does not have the power to do that. Only the county executive can do it. So they were acting under the color of uh, state law that um, he had violated. They were using that state law to breach their duty of care to all citizens. And that by allowing this militia to continue to function after the curfew, after 7 p.m., which was the curfew, uh, and knowingly continue to move about uh, illegally, because again, it was in violation of the curfew, it created a foreseeable circumstance that these shootings could happen. She points specifically to Kyle Rittenhouse saying he looked young, he had a rifle, he was violating the law, but there was probable cause to check him. They did not do that. They deputized him, gave him water, had conversations with him after the curfew, and yet and still allowed him to walk around illegally with that gun. And it was foreseeable as a result that something like this could happen, that Gage Grosscroy and Anthony Huber could end up dead or shot by these folks that they were not um, enforcing the law against. So that's essentially what she's claiming, and they should be held liable for that. It's an interesting argument. Um, it, it's, and, and one thing that I think happens in the civil law, and it happens in the criminal law too, is that you, know, you kind of push the envelope a little bit looking for responsibility and, and who should be held responsible. I want to take a listen, Michael, because I know you spoke with her and interviewed her. I want to hear her give her 
description and how she sees the role of Kyle Rittenhouse and some government officials. What we're stating is it's no secret that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was the one who murdered essentially two people and severely injured my client. And so we believe that um, obviously he should be held accountable for that. But we also believe that any governmental actors, employees, entities that may have indirectly or directly assisted him in doing that should also be held accountable. So we've seen videos as pretty much everyone else has where there's different law enforcement members that are, you know, offering him water. There's different law enforcement members that are frankly complimenting him. We all know that he was not arrested that night um, and he was allowed to actually cross state lines with essentially an illegal weapon and go home that night. And so we think that's a real big issue. So as I look at this story and, and, and this lawsuit now, Michael, um, It's taking responsibility. She says, yes, Kyle Rittenhouse has responsibility, but others do as well. And to me, this is this is novel in many respects because we we don't hold police officers responsible for crimes committed by other people or alleged crimes committed by other people. To me, making that connection, uh, that's going to take some creative lawyering because this is this is not. Uh, a run-of-the-mill lawsuit. We don't see things like this that often, Michael. Well, you know what's interesting is, and and I, I I disagree with you in that I can remember when I first saw some of these videos where I saw the police talking to them, and she includes a number of these videos as exhibits um, in, in one of her other lawsuits, where the police are talking to them. Um, one of the militia members makes reference that the police said that they were going to funnel some of the people down to us because we would know how to deal with them. I mean, these types of tacit agreements between these groups, I think absolutely creates a dangerous situation. And the way she paints um, this situation really, I think makes it clear that had they performed their job, had they checked Kyle Rittenhouse, had they checked his age, checked to see if the the gun that he had was legal, checked to see that um, he was in the right places at the right times, they could have alleviated some of the problems. I have to look at it like this, Minnie. If I come across someone who commits a crime or I see him commit a crime and I let him go on walking from a police officer, then he goes down the block and commits another crime. I mean, I think there is some liability on the part of the police for not doing their job. So what she's saying is they did not do their job and they selectively enforced the law. It was clear they were enforcing it. They just enforced it against one group as opposed to another. And by not enforcing it against, against that other group, they created a situation that was foreseeably dangerous. Now, there is a leap there, uh, I have to admit, but I can see the argument. And again, I can remember in law school, um, my law professor saying, duty breach, causation damages. I think where she's going to have the problem is in the causation, right? I think there's a duty to protect all citizens. There might have been a breach of that duty. I think it's clear that they were enforcing the law against one side uh, rather than the other. If her statistics are true, that all the arrests happen only against anti-police protesters, but that causation, but for the acts of the police, this incident happened, her client was shot. That's where she's going to come into a little bit of a problem. I think it's a huge problem because her clients are not arrested. Right. If, if you're, you're, you're making this allegation and the, and the people who are shot are not arrested. So selective enforcement. Well, it wasn't enforced against her clients. That's why 
this is this is kind of like a, a lot of gray area in my mind because it's true, right, Michael? That the the folks who got shot, the three people who got shot, they weren't arrested for being out after the curfew, so it wasn't enforced against them either. And no. as I recall, looking at the video, there's a huge group of people going down the street. And they're not under arrest. So uh, this is kind of confusing to me, uh, her, her theory here, as it relates specifically um, to the shooting victims. Well, I think I think it's clear. Um, and, and I understand your argument. I'm not sure where you're making it in terms of why it matters that everyone on the street wasn't arrested. There was enforcement of the law as it came across various officers. There weren't officers everywhere. There weren't officers in every situation. So everyone was not going to be arrested. What she's saying is that the law was being um, effectuated and used by the police to effectuate arrests, but it was only arrests against certain people by not arresting these individuals, right? Because what you have to say is, well, they made a curfew, but they didn't really enforce it against anyone. Then that would make it a difficult argument. But if they weren't right. enforcing it, if they were enforcing it against certain people, but not others, and you could show that they had interactions with those people in plain view violating law that they were in fact arresting people for, then you have an argument to say, well, they were selectively enforcing and by selectively enforcing, they created this dangerous situation. So I think what she's saying is that, you know, not everyone was arrested, but people they came across who were in fact, in violation of the law, that they could arrest. They did arrest, but they didn't arrest these guys under similar circumstances. Which is a great lawsuit uh, for the people who got arrested. If it's selective enforcement, right? The people who were harmed, the people who got arrested, and you're saying it's selective enforcement, and whether they're targeting or, or whatever they're doing, um, I understand the lawsuit uh, for the people who actually got arrested under that theory. But to get from that to what happened in the street that we saw in the video. I think she's using that aspect to create this idea of duty, that there's a duty for them to protect all citizens, okay? Not just certain groups of citizens or citizens who don't agree with their viewpoint. So they breach that duty. That's where the duty comes in. I have a duty as a police officer to protect all citizens. And they weren't in fact doing that. And she's trying to say, by showing that they disproportionately arrested only anti-police protesters, they breached that duty. Now, in the breach of that duty, they created a dangerous situation by allowing someone like Kyle Rittenhouse, who they came across and saw blatantly breaking the law, to continue to break the law, which created a dangerous situation. Now, again, I'm, I'm saying the argument that she's making. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I got it. You know, fly in court or it's, or it's a great argument, but that's the argument she's making. Yeah, I don't see how that how that duty relates to the shootings, though. That's the, that's the problem. I don't see that connection. It makes a foreseeable circumstance. If I allow someone to walk around with an illegal gun, then they go on and use that illegal gun. Is it not foreseeable that the person who's injured by that gun could have been hurt? Here's the problem. And, and, and here's the, you know, her client had a gun also. One of her clients, the one who survived, also had a gun and pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse. So, um Again, well, we'll see. And, and Michael, you did an incredible job of explaining her argument. But I'm not going to make you scream at me. We've, we've heard <laughs> someone else today to actually do that. But I appreciate your passion and, uh, and uncovering all this for us. Uh, Michael Ayala, Court TV anchor.
All right, so who should police be responsible here for the actions or alleged actions of someone else? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about holding the police responsible for a shooting that was done by someone else. That's the theory here. So Michael won't yell at me, but Eklund Mercy will, and she will join us next. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front-row seat to justice. What we're stating is it's no secret that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was the one who murdered essentially two people and severely injured my client. And so we believe that um, obviously he should be held accountable for that. But we also believe that any governmental actors, employees, entities that may have indirectly or directly assisted him in doing that should also be held accountable. So we've seen videos as pretty much everyone else has where there's different law enforcement members that are, you know, offering him water. There's different law enforcement members that are frankly complimenting him. We all know that he was not arrested that night um, and he was allowed to actually cross state lines with essentially an illegal weapon and go home that night. And so we think that's a real big issue. That's Kimberly Motley. She's the attorney who has filed a a claim, and perhaps we'll be filing a lawsuit against the city of Kenosha and the police in Kenosha for the shooting that was done by Kyle Rittenhouse, who has claimed self-defense in his criminal case. But she wants to hold police responsible for alleged crimes committed by someone else. So how exactly does that work? Think about it. I mean, police every day are out in the streets, right? And, and are we going to start holding police responsible for the crimes committed by other people? Like, you should have done this, you should have done that, you should have done this. Well, maybe the criminal shouldn't have committed the crime. Maybe that's the person who's responsible. I, un- I understand when, when someone files the wrongful death lawsuit, when someone files uh, the lawsuit uh, against the person who's been charged with the crime. But police? How exactly is that going to work? And what are the ramifications of all that? Let's bring in criminal defense attorney Eklund Mercy, who is no friend of the police in the courtroom because she often cross-examines them during her trials. Um, Eklund, how exactly is this going to work, that we're going to hold police responsible for crimes committed or alleged crimes committed by other people? Well, first of all, don't set me up. I have no problems with good police because if somebody breaks into my house, that is who I'm going to call. But I I said in the courtroom, (laughs) I said in the courtroom. Okay, yes. But if I do say, with regards to the police, they should absolutely be held responsible because let me tell you what happened, Vinny. Are you ready? What happened with Kyle Rittenhouse? You know what I saw in that video? What I saw was police funding. I saw a lot of police funding in 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 the shape of two whole tanks swerved past a person who just killed two people and then he had his hands up to surrender. Do you know what I saw? What I saw was $8.9 million. That's how much a tank is. $8.9 million a tank. I saw two of those prepared for what? They saw it was foreseeable that they needed a tank and we had a tank that did nothing 
because the two people already died. What I saw them do is swerve past a person who just committed the crime and had his hands up to surrender. Where was the police? Let me tell you what happened. They had a duty at that point. But you know what they did? They let him go home. So if I'm that civil attorney, if I'm Ken, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell them $8.9 million. Every step Kyle Rittenhouse was able to take after he, he surrendered himself because he knew he did something wrong. Every single step he took until he went home and was able to lay his head on that pillow that evening while people mourn people's death, they should pay the whole family. That's what happened because I am tired of the black people having to account for their actions. We have to have we have to have the patience of Job. We have to have the wisdom of Solomon every step we take. And then the moment the blue the moment police officers who sworn and protect all citizens, not just white ones and not just ones with AR-15, stop and drop the ball and then kick it. Now we there's there's no responsibility. I need you to do better. I need you to stay consistent. They should all be like all of them, all of them. Because if this was another situation, um, it would felony murder is real and it happens to our citizens often. And then now when we're asking the whole police department to be accountable, because I saw I saw the funding. I saw the funding, all that funding that people don't want to defund. I saw the funding. It was there and present. And what I saw them do is swerve past the person who killed people. So that it well, was ha have you heard have you have you heard the, the chief explain exactly what was going on at that moment? At I mean, inside those vehicles, they're listening to cross radio traffic, waiting who, for their they, their they, directions on where to go. So then they don't need the vehicles because it ain't work. Let me tell you what happens. If it don't work, then we're going to fix it. Take them out. Obviously, okay. they're not able. I understand. Obviously, they can't. They can't. Obviously, if you can't, if you can't, like, if the crime is in front of me and I have millions of dollars and I can't even, I can't even see the crime in front of me, throw it back. Give it back. Get your well, let me ask you this, though. send Akron, it back to the people. You're talking about everything that happened after the shootings. No, okay? it's literally after so, the shootings. So, Right. So they aided and abetted an escape because when a criminal crime, when a crime happens, the crime isn't done until the defendant is in a safety house. What I saw was law enforcement aided and abetted, let Kyle Rittenhouse walk and wade through the white supremacy implicit railroad and get home safely. That's what I saw. So they aided and abetted a criminal act because they got him to safety. And guess what? He was safe. He wasn't arrested that evening. He was arrested days later. So they aided and abetted and they should have to pay for it. It was the next morning when he turned himself in. Does it, in, in he Illinois. Turned himself in. So they even do his job. They didn't even do the job. They didn't even do the job. He had to turn himself in. He was trying to turn himself in beforehand. They dropped the ball then. They said, you know what? Get some good rest. They should pay Every penny. But aiding and uh, and abetting, they they aiding and abetting they is, is they not abetted. what this is. They they're alleging. She is alleging, and and victims' families are alleging that they're responsible for the actual shooting. Yeah, How are they responsible I'm, for the actual shooting? Club, but for, let me tell you something. There was Charlottesville, so we already knew Charlottesville happened. We already knew that these types of groups happened. The same person that killed Heather Hare existed. 
because this is the life. This is where we live. This is what's happening right now. So police who has all. Wait, but Heather didn't access- hit anybody in the head, did she? So, she didn't uh, hit anybody in the head. Let's let's go back matter. to the actual get, shooting. Let me tell you something. Um, let me tell you something. Kyle wasn't supposed to be in Kenosha. Kyle's ass should have been where he lived. But no, he brought himself because because police want to deputize people. They should be held accountable for their actions. So you out here deputizing, you are putting it out there that, hey, if you could come, come and help us. Come and help us. Although we have millions of dollars of tanks that apparently don't work, although we have all these all these, all these, all, all, all right. So, all what were police supposed? Should police have arrested everyone that was on the streets that night? No, should everyone what, have been no, arrested they after the curfew. The person that was surrendering himself because he just. But that's two- after the fact. We got to get to the the, the, the actual is, shooting. Here's the thing: you're not going to take my you're not going to take my First Amendment right to protest. You're not going to do it. You're never going to take my First Amendment right to protest. So that's not a thing. Okay. My issue so- is the police should be when you have AR-15. When you have AR-15s, let me tell you, when I have my purse, I still get asked for my license. So when you have whole AR-15s that can snuff out city blocks, you should be asked your age. They drop the ball and they should pay. Well, that's, a, you know, you're talking about First Amendment. I mean, they're talking about the Second Amendment in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's fine. But here's the thing. The Second Amendment does not apply to illegal. He was seventh. He was a child. When he brought it, how would they know that? How would they know that? Ask for his ID. He looks like a 17 year old. Do some investigation. That's what we pay you for. You law enforcement enforce the law. Because you're real quick. Everyone who is real quick to enforce the law when it's a brown kid. There's real quick to enforce the law and put bullets through Tamir Rice's head because there was a gun. Now we have a person walking the streets with an AR 15 and nobody. A lot of people with AR 15s. They, we had a lot of people. Pay. They should pay. Listen, it was foreseeable. It was foreseeable. Everything that happened there. That's why they had. That's why the police were there. That's why the tanks were there. So they well, let me ask you this: go down. So what I'm telling you is, every person that had an AR-15, every person that had an assault rifle, every person that bared their right to. That's fine. Let's just see if you have a license to bear. You understand? We have procedural rights. We have procedural due process as well. Did you follow the procedure? And he didn't because, and did they follow the procedure to make sure that those people were safe? They didn't. So they should pay. They should pay. They need to pay. What what, what percentage should they pay? Because in in civil law, we look at things like contributory negligence, right? Where uh, different people, all actors involved in, 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 in something that happens have some level of culpability. So- on the one hand, Kyle Rittenhouse is the one with the gun who actually fires it. So what yes. percent is he responsible? What percent are the police responsible? And are the victims at all responsible for what happened? Whether no. it's Anthony Huber who hit Kyle Rittenhouse in the head with his skateboard and approached yes. him. Whether it is Gage Grosskrow who had his own handgun that he had in his hand pointing it at um, Kyle Rittenhouse. So what? how would you whack up the responsibility here in terms of, okay, one party is this much uh, responsible, another party is that much responsible? Oh, I believe that law enforcement is, uh, like, they, they should bear the most grunt of it because here's the thing, in a vacuum, 
if we weren't in a foreseeable situation like Char Charlottesville, then I could understand what, you know, um, the punch in the face. Hey, the, the punch in the face shouldn't have happened because there should have been law enforcement on the streets. Um, the, 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 shoot, the pointing of the gun shouldn't have happened because there should have been law enforcement on the streets. But what, what I saw was I saw that um, Kyle Rittenhouse was able to snuff out two people and maim one. So where was the law enforcement? Because presence, because the law enforcement was there for the Black Lives Matter protesters. They were there. They were fully present. But for some reason, they cannot get to Kyle Rittenhouse. Not they couldn't get him while he was shooting. They couldn't get him while he was walking around with this illegal weapon. They couldn't get him while he walked away from shooting. They couldn't get him while he was surrendering after the shooting. They couldn't get him while he walked to the car. They couldn't get him while he drove home. They couldn't get him while he fell asleep that night. They couldn't get him while he ate breakfast that morning. He had to surrender himself. So you know how we gonna get them is by getting them through civil. They deserve to pay. Well, uh, you know, under this pay. under this theory, and this might sound a little warped to some folks, but uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is still presumed innocent and is alleging self-defense. And let's just say, hypothetically, that he's su successful in making the argument of self-defense. Then under your theory, he would have a claim against police for not protecting absolutely. him. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the problem. Like, absolutely. And how the guy who shot there? three people would have a claim against the police. Absolutely. And but they, for and you, I wouldn't have had to shoot these people and pay for a lawyer and everything else absolutely. that's happened in my life. Absolutely. He absolutely has the claim. He absolutely. And I, I believe he should take it. I absolutely and then what happens after we bankrupt the police in Kenosha? Because here's the thing. Do better. Let me tell you, $8.9 million for a tank and you, you can't. You can't train your people. How about you put that money towards training? It wasn't, an, it wasn't an actual tank, it, was it? Whatever. You if, keep if, saying if tank. I don't training, think it was an actual tank. There were two of them. So it's training. Because um, let me tell you, Vinny, I was at um, in Ferguson after Mike Brown. I was there. I saw the tanks, and they were coming at me. I saw guns pointed right at me, okay? And I did nothing but have a yellow shirt that said legal observer, Okay. I need you, I need law enforcement to have the same energy, to have the same energy for their white counterparts because they are the ones that take protests and they can they can do whatever. But my my They didn't this, do a good job with uh, shutting down the, the, the rioting, did they? No, they, they did didn't. a terrible job. They no, burned here, down the city. The city the was thing. destroyed. Because here's the thing: this is what happened. They killed, they allowed, they allowed this white man to come from wherever he came from with the AR-15 and shoot people that were protesting. This is now, everything happened. was burned down before he got there. It was foreseeable, and there was nothing that he was going to do. Kyle Rittenhouse is not the Kyle Rittenhouse is not Superman. He did not come. He is not Kyle. He did not. Why come didn't from know, another if it's foreseeable? No, he was a, it was foreseeable. Why was there only one person firing his AR-15? He was for. He was foreseeable. Listen, it was foreseeable, and law enforcement saw this boy walking around with this AR-15. Now, one person checked him. You need to tell me, police, police is right here. You can check me if I don't have nothing but a sign. I, there were, th that, that, there's that video in which that, um, that older um, gentleman was just standing in the way and police just pushed him out the way. Police can do that to people who have nothing in their hands. Now you have the AR-15 and suddenly we acknowledge his First Amendment right, we acknowledge his Second Amendment right, we acknowledge his 14th Amendment right, but we can't acknowledge other people. They have to pay. 
Because law enforcement, there's a problem. And if bankruptcy, just like if a business, if a business fails, um, if the business breaches their contract, their social contract with their consumers, like Michael said, duty breach causation damages. If a business breaches that, that, that contract, regardless of what, once you're a customer, you breach that contract. And if you get bankrupt because you breached it so well, the system works. So the same thing has to apply to law enforcement. You can't keep doing this to people. Something has got to give. You have not changed. You have not learned your lesson from 2017 in Charlottesville. Because here's the thing, it happened again. You have not taught your law officers what to do. You have not really even put down that white supremacy groups are that much of a problem. You just started to do that. Learn from it by being bankrupt. They should absolutely sue, and they should at, the law enforcement should absolutely pay. We shall see. We'll see how it all turns out. Eckler Mercy, always appreciate the passion. Yay. Don't necessarily agree with everything no, you say. It's okay. <laughs> People may have noticed <laughs> that. All right. So Eklund's pretty clear on who she, she believes uh, should pay for the harm caused to the families of the shooting victims and the surviving victim as well. But who should pay for all the harm and damage caused by the riots. We'll talk about that next. Renowned journalist Ashley Banfield takes you behind the scenes of the most compelling cases in history. This is the new chapter in true crime. Judgment with Ashley Banfield. All new episodes Sunday nights at 8 on Court TV. $50 million in damage, 100 businesses harmed, 40 of them will never come back. That's some of the damage in what happened in the riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And we've been talking about civil suits, right? So, all right, um, you've got the, the shooting victims want to go after the police and the city for what happened there. How about the business owners who've been put out of business because of these riots? Who, who can they go after? Who should they go after? Who's responsible for that? Well, I mean, first and foremost, obviously the people who actually torched them down. But my guess is uh, many of those people uh, may be difficult to track down, number one. And number two, may not have a lot of money at the end of the day. It's tough to recover th those types of numbers from individuals. I mean, that's the other part of our, our civil system of justice is you go and you look for the deepest pockets, right? And if you look at the shooting victims, if they go after Kyle Rittenhouse, um, I don't know how deep those pockets are going to be. Uh, maybe there's some, some insurance policy that may throw in some money that the family has. I don't know. But beyond that, I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse doesn't have two nickels to rub together. Um, but how about the businesses and, and the riots? We, we want to hold police responsible, or, or at least there's an argument to hold police responsible for the criminal act actions of others. Well, the riots were criminal actions of others. Should police be held responsible for not keeping control of the city? Should the, the mayor be held responsible for not calling in enough reinforcements or the governor for not bringing in the National Guard quick enough? I mean, where do we draw the line here? Where do we draw the line between who is an, an actually responsible for what happened and, and who should be held accountable for it? Now, all the arguments that Eklund made uh, about the way police acted, et cetera, 
are all valid arguments. But, but are they the cause of the shooting? Are they things that should change? Are they attitudes that should potentially change? Absolutely. But this is taking it to the next level. The next level. I mean, once you start going down this, this slope of holding police responsible for crimes committed by others, I mean, we've got enough incidents involving, you know, police use of force and, and civil lawsuits that they have to deal with, whether they are justified or unjustified, that they deal with each and every day. Now we're going to expand that? That, hey, police, you should have done a better job policing? And, and, and if you don't do a better job of policing, then we're going to take your money, then you're just going to bankrupt the police, and they're going to do, guess what, an even worse job because they'll have less resources. And then if you're going to sue the police officers personally under those circumstances, who's going to sign up to be a police officer? You're going you're to hold me responsible for a shooting done by someone else? Like, if you want to sue me for, for, for my shooting, okay, let's talk about it. But somebody else is, is shooting someone? You want to hold me responsible? I mean, then take it another level, right? Okay, let's talk about the riots. You know, why are people rioting, right? They're, they're rioting because of, of, of um, Jacob Blake. And in the end, it turned out, according to law enforcement in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that that was a justified shooting. So... Are you going to hold the people responsible who were speaking out about Jacob Blake, about what police did to Jacob Blake? And did these people incite the riots? And should they be held responsible financially for what happened here? I mean, it's you can take it so many levels away from the actual people who actually committed the actual harm, whether it's Kyle Rittenhouse or someone who burned down a business. I mean, those are the folks who are responsible for what happened. Once you start moving away from that and saying, well, you should have done this or you shouldn't have said that because people were kind of upset and it, and it kind of got people riled up. How about the person who posted the video of Jacob Blake? Should they be held responsible for, for inciting the riots? And then, oh, well, let's. how about Jacob Blake? Can you sue Jacob Blake for it? Because he got himself shot. I mean, where does it end? For, for me, it's very simple where it ends. It ends with the people who are directly responsible. And whoever's responsible should be held accountable. But we'll see how it turns out. Because our, our, our civil system of justice has a way of figuring these things out. Attorneys have to battle in front of a judge. And one of the big battles is to get it Pass the judge and get it in front of a jury when the people can decide if that's something that makes sense, whether it makes sense to hold police and government officials responsible for the actions of alleged criminals. We shall see. We'll, we'll stay on it. That's what we do on Core TV. Um, we've got much more on this. Check the show notes. We've got some great links for you in the show notes. Of course, watch Court TV. Uh, we're on all the time. Gavel to gavel coverage of the nation's biggest trials including the George Floyd case. Um, also, you can watch me every night from 8 to 11, taking you inside the world of crime and justice. Now, if you have a digital antenna and have not seen Court TV, please re-scan that antenna, and you will likely find us your front row seat to justice. Thanks so much, folks. I'm Vinny Politan. Have a great week, and as always, don't forget to hug the kids.
This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.